right, well, like Roger says, I'm going to do my show. As he just said as I was coming into the studio, and it's a new year, it's a new show, but it's the same stuff. We're talking food here on Little General's Recipe for a Good Day. It is Wednesday, not just any Wednesday, not just any recipe for a good day, but the first edition of 2024 as we get rolling here on W. NRI, and uh, we have a nice, we have a dynamite show for you today. We'll be talking dynamites and all things Chuck Hamburg on this uh, this program as we launch 2023. Why am I talking dynamites? Why are we talking Hamburg? <clears throat> well, for me, it started over the weekend with an article in the Providence Journal taking a look at the culinary offerings of Woonsocket, specifically dynamites. And we're going to cover that interesting historic look at Woonsocket's uh, contribution to the food world. Uh, and with the Chuck Hamburg on sale this week, Chuck has been busy for Little General, making his Hamburg for four ninety nine a pound. We're going to give you a lot of things, of course, you can continue to do with Chuck Hamburg. Always one of my favorite programs because it's just, it's an endless product uh, uh, when it comes to what you're going to do with it. But there, that's not the only amazing sale item this week. For chicken soup lovers, the chicken leg quarters are on sale, 79 cents a pound. Time to make some chicken soup. We have snow coming this Saturday night. Uh, you will be listening to the replay Saturday at 2 p.m. So if you're listening on Saturday's replay, you'll have snow tonight. It's a perfect night to make some amazing chicken soup. Um, nothing. You're going to be in the house for a while on, on your Saturday night. Why not have the aroma of chicken soup through your house? 79 cents a pound for the chicken leg quarters. Um, I prefer that. I actually, when it comes to eating chicken, I like white meat. When it comes to making chicken soup, I like dark meat. One, you're getting more flavor into your broth, all those nutrients from the dark meat. It's easy to pull the bones out. You're dealing with really just about two bones there with the big drumstick and thigh bone. Very easy to pull out versus ribs and all that jazz. Uh, and you get a handsome skin supply on all low general chicken leg quarters, which is, of course, flavor, flavor, flavor for your chicken soup. So the chicken leg quarters, 79 cents a pound. And, you know, I think I just talked myself into making a chicken soup Saturday night. Uh, we have our own Chuck Hamburg on sale for four ninety nine a pound again at Little General Stores everywhere. And this week, now through close of business on Sunday, petite sirloin steak, five ninety nine a pound. Figure that out. You're talking about uh, for a dinner for two, you, you get a pound, maybe two eight-ounce petite sirloin steaks. You're talking about $3 a steak dinner. Get that anywhere going out to eat. You're not going to find it. Uh, if you're looking for something quick to put together, they have some great luncheon meats offering offerings for you. From Pauline, it's imported ham, five eighty nine a pound. And uh, let me see, who is this uh, supplier here? Um... I can't make it out, but the homestyle chicken breast, six eighty nine a pound, six eighty nine a pound for homestyle chicken breast luncheon meat. With that, you're going to need some cheese, Lando Lakes freshly sliced white American cheese, five eighty nine a pound. Here you go. You have your ham, you have your cheese, you have a sandwich on a little general bread with some mustard. It's a great lunch. Cheese and garlic sausage links, six. 89 a pound. And if you're looking for some, some uh, Boston salads offerings, what's available this week? Well, they have their deluxe egg salad on sale. 
for six eighty nine a pound from Boston Salads at all the general locations. Not just egg salad, deluxe egg salad, six eighty nine a pound. Little General White Bed two seventy nine for a package of their Little General White Bread. So you have your two seventy nine white bread. You have your five eighty nine Land Lakes freshly sliced American white cheese and that Pauline imported ham for five eighty nine. The only thing you need is that mustard for your ham and cheese sandwich. Uh, Geo from Trio Marinara Sauce from Bella Restaurante, a taste of Italy in your own home. Seven ninety nine for a twenty five ounce jar of the Geo Trio's Marinara Sauce. Again, the taste of Bella at home. Whole milk five ninety nine a gallon from Gorelick Farms. Chocolate milk. Four eighty nine for a half gallon from Gorelick Milk, and remember that they do have your peppermint and wintergreen Canada mints, the beloved Canada mints, seven eighty nine a pound. All those are terrific to have, especially coming out of the big meals we just had. Nothing helps you digest like a peppermint Canada mint. Locally roasted, simply great coffee from down east, available at all the general locations, and remember to buy local through two thousand twenty four. And I did speak with Roger Lapier who is the spokesman for Low General Stores, also uh, owner of the brand. And he, um, number one, I was uh, relieved to know, of course, as always, as you're turning a calendar page, that the uh, recipe for a good day, sponsored by Low General Convenience Stores, will continue through 2024. So we'll be together on Wednesdays, thanks to the Low General Convenience Stores. Um, number two is a really amazing thing is going to happen throughout January, and I believe into February, and it starts next week on January 8th. And it's a free meat raffle. Exactly that. A free meat raffle. So what does that mean? That means uh, when you go to any of those general locations, there are going to be raffle slips where you can fill them out and enter into a weekly drawing of a meat raffle. Now, normally when you hear meat raffles, they're fundraisers for one nonprofit or another. But this is simply... To give back to Little General customers in appreciation for 2023 and welcome you into 2024. So I believe it starts January 8th. You'll be able to enter any Little General location and fill out a slip for the meat raffle entry. And you can do so at multiple locations. A drawing will be held and a meat package will be awarded. Um, I'm told the base value will be a $200 meat package, and they do go up. Again, the meat package drawings start next week, starting January 8th. You can go into any, that is Monday, any little general location and fill out an entry slip for their free meat raffles. And that will extend, I believe, into February what a way to welcome you to 2024 by Little General Convenience Stores. Amazing a free meat raffle. And you can enter every week. If you win the first week, doesn't mean you can't enter the remaining weeks. Um, thank you for doing that, Roger Lapier. And good luck. And we will announce the winners here on Recipe for a Good Day each week. So the big sale items, remember the chicken leg quarters. You're going to want some chicken soup. It's going to be cold. You're going to be out there uh, removing snow on your Sunday you're going to be freezing. Imagine coming in from clearing your driveway, clearing your walkways. You walk in the house. You can smell that, that, that chicken soup with that celery aroma through your house. I love that smell. And then sit down to a nice piping hot bowl of chicken soup to warm you from the inside out. Get your chicken leg quarters for 79 cents a pound. And don't forget their own Chuck Hamburg, $4.99 a pound. That is the centerpiece to today's program. In addition, we'll have seasonings, greetings, and yes, Reynolds wrap. Johnny Reynolds breaking down, I believe, bay leaf and beef stew for you this week on all 
on a recipe for a good day Wednesday. We're going to hear from our sponsor, Little General Convenience Stores, and we will return with more in a moment. Thank you for being part of today's program. Recipe for a Good Day, brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores, with locations for your shopping needs throughout the Blackstone Valley, 2-in-1 Socket, Manville Road, and Cumberland Hill Road, Great Road, North Smithfield, Chapel Street in Boroughville, and Central Avenue in Pawtucket. Always hot, always fresh coffee stations to get your day started. Grab-and-go meals, perfectly prepared for you, whether it's for an easy lunch to get you through your work day, or to make an easy, satisfying dinner to end your day. And of course, delicious deli items from top-of-the-line lunch meats to top-of-the-line steak and chicken products. Oh, and of course, always fresh ground hamburg. Stay up to date on each week's sale items by going online at littlegeneral.com, your convenience store with more. Little General, where you always get a smile, a please, and a thank you. Open every day, including today. Proud sponsors of Recipe for a Good Day, Little General Convenience Stores. We're going to be talking burgers here for a little bit here on our edition of Recipe for a Good Day. After all, Chuck Hamburg on sale at all little general locations for simply $4.99. Pounds. It's great to get it under 5 bucks this time uh, with these times where we are in with the inflation. So to get a Hamburg under $5 a pound is a great price. And Chuck Hamburg, freshly ground at little general stores, is ready for you. Um, don't we just start talking a little bit about burgers? Of course, when you think of Chuck Hamburg, you think of burgers. It's usually an 80-20 split. Um, and as, as we did uh, through much of last year, we kind of went on the subject of mistakes and tips that that are good for general use. And, and these are some good things to keep in mind when you're making your burger. Things that you might do wrong. Um, the Right off the back is to remember you're not making a meatloaf, you're making a burger. So what am I saying in that statement? Do not overmix your ground beef. Um, when flavoring your patties, maybe using vegetables, maybe using a liquid or spices, you only want to mix the beef enough to incorporate the add-ins. Overdoing the mixture of your beef when you're making a burger actually chances ruining the meat's texture, which will make it too compact, too tough via a meatloaf instead of a burger. So in order to make that perfect hamburger patties, you're only going to use your hands. They have presses, but over, they, you're going to overpress the, like in the patty. So just simply use your hands. It's not rocket science. Gently mix the beef with your add-ins, whatever you're going to do for flavor. Uh, you're never going to use an electric mixer or a stand mixer at all to combine your beef and your spices, your veggies, your sauces. And, and wet your hands down with cold water before you handle the raw meat. Why are you doing that? Well, you're, you're, you're preventing uh, breaking down the proteins in the meat and forming sticky, dense, overworked patties. So a little cold water on your hands goes a long way when you're pressing your, your burger patties. Less is more when you are handling your ground beef. So after rolling and shaping your burgers, they can be chilled in the fridge to firm back up again and maintain their shapes before hitting the grill. That we're going to come back to in a moment. Again, form your patties, put them back into the fridge to chill them. That's crucial. And we'll tell you why in a minute. But uh, another item that's not uh, preheating if you're using your grill, preheating your grill if you're using a skillet, not heating a skillet. 
So to get your perfect Hamburg, you have to give your cooking surface time to wake up before putting the patties on. Um, if you're using charcoal, electric, gas uh, grills, you've got to have a good warm-up period before you put it to work. If you're using a skillet, whether it's cast iron or not, again, you've got to warm it up. So uh, starting your burgers off on a cold grate means they're going to be on the grill for much longer. It'll lead to overcooking, tougher patties as the meat becomes dry over time. And if you're somebody who enjoys a kind of a caramelized sear on your meat, a cold grill will steal away any chance of getting that type of char. You can also find your burgers stick to your grill if you don't preheat it as well. So when you take them apart or your, or your skillet, you take them off, they fall apart and you leave too much meat on the cooking service. The hut grates instantly caramelize and sear the meat. The patty holds in all that juice. The meat separates off the cooking surface and it flips with ease then. Uh, in, in recommending, uh, recommending preheating your surface for a good um, 10 minutes or so before loading it up with burgers. That will go 15 if it's a grill. Uh, speaking of cooking services, it makes a difference. If you have dried out burger patties, well, maybe you need to use a cast iron skillet. When you put it on the grill, the ground beef juices run out of the patty down the grates. By putting your, your burgers on a skillet, even if it's on the grill or the range top, it allows the meat to simmer in its runoff while cooking, and that means juicy, 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 juicy. Uh, we know what you're thinking now. In that case, use a grill. Why use a grill at all? Well, putting a cast iron skillet directly on your grill's grates, you'll get the best of both worlds. You get the smoky flavor from the grill, but you also get the moist flavors from using a pan. Remember, when you close that cover and the meat smokes, it cooks in its own smoke. It's kind of like, well, bathing in your own bathwater, so to speak. Uh, another benefit to, cast, benefit to cast iron is searing. Searing. It seals. Why do you sear before you crock pot uh, beef tips? Why? Because you're going to seal in those juices. That hot surface, that cast iron skillet is perfect for searing that meat and, uh, and locking in the juices throughout the cooking process. Um, the ratio of fat to, to, uh, to lean is, is crucial on a burger. Um, marbling and ground beef, of course, that's flavor, juiciness to a cut of meat. Uh, if you're tough, dried out burgers, you need a fattier blend of meat. Uh, the maximum allowed, I believe, is 30% fat in Hamburg meat. But the lean-to-fat ratios you're most likely to see in stores are 85-15. Uh, the most lean blend contains least fat, 80-20, very common. And uh, for a burger, the perfect blend would be 75-25, 75 with 25% fat. The fattiest blend contains the most fat, again, and that means juice for your burger. So which blend is best? Again, the flavors and the personal taste make a big difference, but the meat should be the star of the show. So that ratio, the ideal burger blend, play it safe, 80-20. Ratios higher in fat likely result in a greasy burger. Ratios higher in lean meat dry out faster, Leading the to tough patties. So the Chuck Hamburg 80-20, perfect for a burger. Making your patty too thick or too thin is another common problem. You may observe some interesting trends um, as you look through burger magazines or cooking magazines or recipe shows, and they do vary. But going too thin or too thick can cause problems. 
Uh, now, it's recommended you make your patties around three quarters of an inch in thickness. If you go much thicker, the outside of your patties will likely be overdone with the inside still too raw. If you ever ordered a burger at a restaurant and the sandwich that was brought to you was too tall to even get your jaw around, it, it, it's impressive. It makes you think you're getting a better value for your, for your buck, but you're not getting a better meal. And you don't want to create a final burger that's too much to eat once it's all pulled together and it just falls apart. What's the point of looking good on a plate? Well, in a restaurant, they don't care. They made a sale. They have your money. The rest is up to you. Um, a three-quarter of an inch may not feel like much, but when you're shaping the patties, you're going to be grateful for that thinner patty while you're assembling your sandwich. If you, st- if you don't stack things on your burgers, like I do not, well, then go ahead. Make it a little thicker. But if you like slices of tomato, onion, maybe mushrooms, cheeses, bacon, any of that stuff, leave room on the sandwich. Remember, it's got to fit in your mouth. No marbling, uh, unhinging necessary. Don't go too thin. Uh, uh, the burger that you can't hold and you can't eat is not worth making. It's got to be able to eat. Dimpling your burgers. You ever heard about this? Now, that doesn't mean that, of course, we know dimples are cute when a girl smiles at you or a guy smiles at you. It could be a, or a dimple in the chin. And we're not all George Clooney, but he's got one. Um, it's important for your burgers. Why should you press your thumb into the center of each patty on only one side, by the way? Well, it prevents the curling up of your patties when you... Put your patties on the cooking surface. You're going to put it non-dimple side down first. Dimpling is not needed when you're cooking the meat uh, on, on certain surfaces. But on a grill, it's crucial. There's no direct heat surrounding the patty on a pan as, uh, as is um, uh, it only hits one side through the pan. The edges of the burgers don't come into contact with direct heat, so it doesn't shrink and it doesn't cause the burger to puff up. But if you're cooking it on the grill, you're going to need to dimple those burgers. Again, don't make your patties too big. Um, the beef blends, you know it's an 80-20. The ingredients, the seasonings, I like just a, a simple Hamburg seasoning, but people get extensive with garlic and onion and, and other items as well. Uh, bacon, uh, you can sometimes put it into the mix instead of on top of the burger. Uh, one big problem with burgers, now a few myths. One, when we talk about red meats, we always talk about two things. One, getting the meat to room temperature before cooking. And two, letting the red meat rest. Let's cover both of those and tell you how it ties into the burger world. First, we'll cover the easy one. Yeah, you have to let your red meat rest. Um, and burgers are no different. If you want to end up with a dry burger, don't let your, your, your burger rest. Just go right into it. The juices won't go back in. Uh, but if you don't cave into that temptation, and by the way, do not press your burgers with a spatula while they're cooking to squeeze the grease out. Do not. That's your flavor. You're ruining your burger. So let your patties rest. Naturally, the juices will redistribute across the meat. They're forced to the center of the burger during cooking. And that's why it's dry when you bite into it if you don't let it rest. When it rests, the juices come from the center back out through the meat. And any excess fat or moisture will naturally come out of that burger. No need to press it. How long do you let it rest? And by the way, elevate the rack. It would be good if you can do that. Um, Don't put it on your burger during the resting period because your bun will become soggy. And you want everything perfect from that first bite. 
Um, as far as the temperature, letting your burger patties become room temperature. And, and we talked earlier about pressing the burgers, putting it back in the refrigerator to chill. Why do you want to do that? Well, with Hamburg, it's kind of the exception if you're making a burger on letting your meat come to room temperature before cooking it. We talk about it with steaks and so forth, just so you get an even balanced cook throughout that meal. But the way the fat in the 80-20 Hamburg works is it needs to be chilled. It needs to be cool, not frozen, by the way. But it needs to be cool in order to properly melt and saturate the meat. It chemically just does not work the same at a room temperature. So after you make your patties, or, or maybe you're doing a cookout, don't leave your hamburg patties out in the kitchen, even if you cover it with some sort of bug screen. Keep them in the fridge. Put them on your cooking surface cold. The fat will render the juices into the meat much, much better. And the final thing on burgers is all about the buns, hon. The foundation to your patty, a good bun. And the bun, uh, I love the uh, commercial from one of the eateries that I was doing. It complements, it doesn't dominate the burger. Um, the grain of your cheeseburger bun can really, or your hamburger bun, um, whether it's sesame buns, English muffins perhaps, even uh, other things, the right one is subjective to you, but play around. You'd be surprised the difference it can make. Uh, buttery, rich, soft, that's what I love about uh, some of the buns that it brings to the burger patty. Uh, Virgin that are made of French bread, eggs and butter, it has more than in other types. So there are different potato buns, onion rolls. Depending on how you're seasoning the burger, the rolls can make a difference. So play around. Find the right combination. If you are having a, a big cookout, uh, nobody tastes the same. Um, and I'm not talking about cannibalism. I'm talking about nobody eats something and tastes it the same way. So have some different offerings. Buns are, are, are a wonderful cheap condiment. Um, you go to uh, burger uh, parties and you can have all these condiments out there because you don't know what people want on the burger. It's the same thing with the bun. So have yourself a package of under uh, onion rolls, a package of potato bread. Me, I like the ones with the cornmeal on it. And then you got the great sesame seed buns too. So the buns can make a difference. And yes, I do like to toast my buns lightly for my burger. And we know Chef Gary McLaughlin has... Uh, a, a fan of English muffins. I have done it um, for a thicker burger. I think it's perfect. Uh, and the other tip, when you are resting your meat, a little piece of, a little tab of butter, a thin tab of butter on top as that meat rests will go a long way. I actually like to take, when it, as soon as it comes off the grill, and sometimes after that last flip, I'll actually take a little tab of butter and I'll rub it on the surface. I won't leave it on there to sit and melt into it, but I just rub it on the surface. Two things. One, it cools the surface down so it doesn't continue to cook and, and, and burn. And two, it just sucks in some of that juice. As the juices get sucked to the center, it will suck in some of that butter. It just presents from getting that hard, dry crust on your burger. Even during that flip process, I'll give it a little rub a tab, a little rub with a tab of butter. Uh, a couple extra tips there on making your perfect burger. Remember the Chuck Hamburg on sale for $4.99 a pound. We'll be back in a moment after this edition of... Reynolds Wrap right here, Betty. You bet, Pat. Reynolds Wrap makes this whole cooking and cleanup thing so easy. Reynolds Wrap makes good food better. The great thing about Reynolds Wrap is it's the one wrap you can depend on. Just a little Reynolds Wrap can do more for a woman than any other wrap. 
Happy New Year, my fellow gastronomes. We made it to a new era as we collectively celebrate WNRI's 70th year of broadcast excellence through 2024. And what better time than to switch utensils in the kitchen, so to speak, and to use the next two months to celebrate winter with an alternating series of soups and comfort foods. This coming year has an impressive array of topics that any home cook would find useful through May. And it's my overall desire to help you expand your kitchen experiences as well as the why of local cookery. Now then, to properly prepare for this series, I've compiled a buffet-style list of hearty soups that are always welcome for the winter months. This week, we begin with one of the most popular items, beef stew. It's best to remember that any recipe worth doing is making sure you have all the ingredients prepped, a.k.a. your mise en place. Most experienced cooks suggest using chuck or bottom round for this stew. Set your flour aside and season it with pepper, paprika, or a certain spice mix you enjoy with beef. Dredge the beef until coated and set aside while your cooking oil, preferably a high smoke point oil like avocado oil, heats up. Once the flour meets the oil for browning, it also acts as a roux for thickening. Browning the meat also adds another level of flavor as well as sets the pot to add flavor to the vegetables. When all the meat is browned and set aside those little unctuous bits on the bottom it's called fond f-o-n-d and that's what needs to be deglazed and can be done with a hearty red wine a beef bone broth and a certain amount of tomato sauce because having an acid will not only lift the fond for flavor but also the weight in cleaning the bottom of the pot as you go adding a bay leaf or two will also add another flavor profile and can help with your knowledge of spices in fact i'll mention bay leaf in the seasonings eating segment later on if you have a favorite beef stew recipe, then you already know the steps you take to make this dish one of New England's favorites. You'll also need enough beef stock to cover the beef and vegetables, then cover for 35 minutes on medium heat. Now here's what happens after you cover the pot. The steam from the cooking process gets trapped and also helps in tenderizing the meat and vegetables so that even the hardest potatoes and carrots will soften beautifully as the dish cooks and that sauce will thicken as it slightly reduces. When ready to serve, discard the bay leaf. They're very hard to digest. Place in a bowl and garnish with freshly chopped parsley and bon appetit. Now the next two months are going to be a fun experience compiling winter foods that are guaranteed to satisfy. For a recipe for a good day, I'm Johnny Reynolds, and that's a wrap. Reynolds wrap. Wouldn't you hate to be without it? A recipe for a good day brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores, your neighborhood store. Why fight the lines at the big box chains when Little General Convenience Stores has what you need? Selling only the best quality brands like Gorelick Farms, Boston Salads, Prepared Foods, KM, and Purdue. Little General also sells lottery, tobacco products, and yes, of course, your stop for your daily newspapers. Weekly specials change every Monday, so check online at littlegeneral.com for this week's specials. Plus, littlegeneral.com is the place to go for the delicious recipes you heard here on A Recipe for a Good Day. So whether you're picking up food or products for your home, or if you're looking for food or coffee on the go, shop your neighborhood store. Little General Convenience Stores, open eight days a week.
Dynamite show we have for you. Thanks to the Providence Journal article I read over the weekend. It was written by a Katie Landeck, a Providence Journal writer. They still have staff writers, by the way. Uh, Dynamite sandwiches are local to Woonsocket, but how did they get their name? I said, well, let's give this a read and let's bring it into the program this week. Uh, Rhode Island, one of the few places where someone asking for a dynamite, probably not getting explosive, she writes. They're probably requesting a very specific sandwich. In one socket, there's a sandwich known as dynamite. It is served on a torpedo roll, often compared to sloppy joes. However, dynamites have peppers and onions. Groups have fundraisers. Of course, we know. Bear and dynamite suppers. Why and what readers wrote saying where did the name came from? And they did a piece on it. Here's what the Providence Journal says. The popular theory in Rhode Island is that the dynamite sandwich was invented in the great city of Woonsocket. Now, the Providence Journal did not call us the great city of Woonsocket. I did. It is the sandwich that is most famous meal in the city that originated from family-style chicken dinners. Hmm, interesting. This is according to Bob Billington, the president of the Blackstone Valley Tourism Council, who is not from Woonsocket. They did not contact Woonsocket cooks. Interesting. But uh, Bob Billington says everyone in Woonsocket will claim that they make the best dynamite sandwich. And you hear it on all the ads at WNRI. Woonsocket's best dynamites. The best dynamites in town. Number one in dynamites. Different ways of saying it. Everybody claims, of course, they have the best dynamites. Same thing in families. Everybody has a grandfather, an uncle, or, or, or a cousin who claims that they have the best dynamites. Um, the meal... Served for fundraisers because you can feed the masses for a low cost. And that's one of the appeals. Chicken family style. Shepherd's pie. Dynamites. One socket. Uh, on the lower end of income. We're f- looking to feed large families with less money. Hence the necessity of dynamites. Um, now, uh, again, uh, according to the Providence Journal, there's a, I'm going to say, false claim. To the origin of the sandwich. Did you know there's a town called Madison, Maine? A town of fewer than 5,000 people who claim the bragging rights to the invention of dynamites? Huh. I don't think so. Um, Now, back to uh, uh, one socket. Uh, Someone's claiming it came from Italy and made its way into Maine. But uh, we're going to get back to one socket. In 1986... 1986 article of the Providence Journal, though, however, uh, oh, by the way, the Maine family claims that they brought it to Rhode Island when they were visiting family down here. And um, But here it is. We're very confident it was invented in Woonsocket. 1986, the Providence Journal traced the sandwiches origins to Social Street, Woonsocket, which earlier in the century was a French, Italian, and Romanian neighborhood of mills and mill houses, they write. And specifically... They're, they're talking about Brunetti's Golden Hearth Bakery, founded in 1932. And they say the name comes from here, and that's from Roland Brunetti, who has since died since that 86 article. Uh, Brunetti said during the Depression, the bakery started making smaller loaves. One day, a customer slopped some leftover spaghetti sauce, a favorite of both French and Italian people in the area, uh, and the sandwich was born. That does put the origin of Woonsocket's version after the Madison, Maine one, according to the two timelines. But with the differences in style between the two, the each could be seen as a different invention. How did it get its name? Well, there may be different opinions on the origin of that as well. They say that somebody was in the restaurant one day and said, hey, 
They're as hot as dynamite. Well, from there, the name sort of stuck. But some say it's because of the kick. The name comes from the contents of the sandwich as the ingredients are hot. So what is the recipe? However, we're going to give you one. Uh, then we're gonna, now, are we going to give you the main way? Or are we going to give you the one socket? We're going to give you the one socket way. Um, again, though, it's a little different uh, as far as the main one. Um, the one in Maine, again, from the family of DeSantis, uh, says it was credited as taken from Sicily, brought it to the region of Maine. He started selling it as restaurants in the 1920s, they state, a little different than Rhode Island. As in Maine, it's one long-style meatball with vegetables and sauce on a torpedo roll. And as you know, growing up in Woonsocket area, that's not dynamites. The Woonsocket way of doing dynamites, here we go. And this is from Rose Thibodeau's French-Canadian Dynamite Recipe. One large green pepper, diced no seeds. One large red pepper, diced no seeds. Two medium onions, diced or... Of course, one socket, we're going to use one Vidalia onion. Two large vine-ripened tomatoes, diced up to three. Now, you can go, this is interesting about dynamites. You can go as low as three pounds of Hamburg. You can go up to five pounds of Hamburg. And you can go up to five pounds of Hamburg with this recipe without adding other ingredients. Meaning, you're still fine with that one large pepper uh, of the green or the red. You don't increase your other products up to five pounds of dynamite. Three tablespoons of butter. That's just for sauteing. Uh, one cup of water or one and a half cups if you're going to use five pounds of beef. You do increase the water a little bit so it doesn't dry out. Two to three small cans of tomato paste. You can use your own sauce for fresh tomatoes if you want. One teaspoon of crushed red pepper seasoning. One teaspoon of salt. One teaspoon of pepper and a half teaspoon of garlic powder. So in a large saucepan, you're going to saute those diced peppers, the onions and tomatoes, and butter until it's soft. And you're going to add in the water. You're going to cook it for a minute or two until the vegetables are blended. In the same pot, add the ground hamburg and cook that until it's evenly brown. Most of the water dissipates using a ladle. Spoon off the grease from the top of the meat. A little bit left is fine, but you don't want a lot. You'll have a greasy dynamite. Then add in the tomato paste or homemade sauce and seasonings. The consistency, you don't want it too loose. You don't want it too mushy. You add just enough paste to coat the meat and then sample the dynamite. You may want to add a bit more seasonings to the desired taste that you want. The dynamite could be stronger if it's left to meld overnight. This is one of those meals that you hear about that's better the next day. So keep that in mind as you're adding more seasonings. The flavor will enhance overnight. So you may want to hold off a day before you alter what you've done. The dynamite must sit in the fridge for the same pot for a day or so. You want all the spices to blend. This is a dish made best the day before. You can reheat it in the same pot on the stove or you can use a side burner of the grill. Serve it on a torpedo roll. Um, dynamite recipe, you can even put it on hot dogs, like a chili dog, but it's a dynamite dog. And one socket, they have it on pizza. You can get it in the calzone. Dynamites is everywhere in this great city. And we know, as we were looking at the stats for Recipe for a Good Day at the end of the year, oddly enough, this particular program, in comparison to all the other WNRI programs, has an international interest. So, we'll say... Welcome to the new year, our international friends. For instance, 18% of our streaming audience for this program is in Germany. Why? I don't know. But hello, Germany. Uh, if you haven't tried it around the world, 
You can enjoy Dynamites. Remember, they came right here from the fun size state of Rhode Island and the hardest working city in the state, One Socket. Enjoy the Dynamites. We'll be back. We're talking more Hamburg in a moment. But right now, it's time for another edition of Seasonings Greetings. And now, it's time for Seasonings Greetings, a segment dedicated to all things that add flavor to our favorite food. And here is your host of Seasonings Greetings, the Sage of Stroganoff, the Baron of Barbecue, the Prince of Piccata, Johnny Reynolds Jr. The bay leaf is an aromatic leaf commonly used as an herb in cooking. It can be whole, either dried or fresh, in which case it's removed from the dish before consumption or less commonly used in ground form. The flavor that a bay leaf imparts to a dish has not been universally agreed upon, but most chefs agree it is a subtle addition. Bay leaves come from various plants and are used for distinctive flavor and fragrance. The most common source is the bay laurel. Other types include California bay laurel, Indian bay leaf, West Indian bay laurel, and Mexican bay laurel. Bay leaves contain essential oils, which also contribute to their taste and aroma. Bay leaves are used in various cuisines around the world, including Indian, Filipino, European and Caribbean. They're typically used in soups, stews like beef stew, meat dishes, seafood, and vegetable dishes. The leaves should be removed from the cooked food before eating as they can be abrasive in the digestive tract. Bay leaves are used as an insect repellent in pantries and as an active ingredient in killing jars for entomology. In Eastern Orthodox liturgy, they're also used to symbolize Jesus' destruction of Hades and freeing of the dead. Bay leaves are not toxic and can be eaten without harm, but there are some visually similar plants that have poisonous leaves. However, they remain stiff after cooking and compose a choking hazard or cause harm to the digestive tract if swallowed whole or in large pieces. Canadian Food and Drug Regulation sets specific standards for bay leaves, including limits on ash content, moisture levels, and essential oil content. Bay leaves are notoriously pungent and have a sharp, bitter taste. As with many spices and flavorings, the fragrance of the bay leaf is more noticeable than its taste. When the leaf is dried, the aroma is herbal, slightly floral, and somewhat similar to oregano and thyme. Myrcene, a component of many essential oils used in perfumery can be extracted from this bay leaf. They can also be crushed or ground before cooking. Crushed bay leaves are part of more fragrance than whole leaves, but are more difficult to remove, and thus they're often used in a muslin bag or a tea infuser. Ground bay leaf laurels may be substituted for whole leaves and do not need to be removed, but is much stronger. Bay leaves are also used in the making of jerk chicken in the Caribbean islands. The bay leaves are soaked and placed on a cool side of the grill. Pimento sticks are placed on top of the leaves, and the chicken is placed on top and smoked. The leaves are also added whole to soups, stews, and other Caribbean dishes. They can also be scattered in a pantry to repel moths, flies, and cockroaches. But I'd still rather use it to season my beef stew. How about you? Now let's get back to more recipes for a good day on WNRI. I'm Johnny Reynolds. If you have a question from your kitchen or a recipe you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Just email the show at asktheshef at WNRI.com. That's asktheshef at WNRI.com.
We're continuing our ode to Hamburg this week, and we have some recipes that will take you through the rest of the program. Some uh, odds and ends. Uh, we, we've done so many Hamburg recipes, and we haven't even scratched the surface of what you can do. Chuck Hamburg on sale, four ninety nine a pound. If you're just tuning in, I want to remind you. Chicken leg quarters also on sale for 79 cents a pound at all our general locations. We've got that winter weather coming in. Um, I think Saturday's a perfect afternoon uh, or early Sunday morning to start your chicken soup. Uh, you're going to want it. You're going to be clearing snow on Sunday. And you're going to want to come in to a nice piping hot bowl of chicken soup. Me, I have a grilled cheese sidecar. Um, uh, yeah, the soup is the meal. But I do like a nice grilled cheese on the side to make those grilled cheeses on the side of your chicken soup. The chicken leg quarters on sale for 79 cents a pound. Remember, Little General Convenience Stores has Lando Lakes freshly sliced white American cheese, five eighty nine a pound. And the Little General white bread on sale for two seventy nine for a package of white bread. So you can't go wrong there. You have everything you need. You get your chicken leg quarters. You have your American cheese. You have your white bread, chicken soup, and grilled cheeses. Yeah, coming to you soon, I hope. Um, we're going to cover, uh, uh, this is an interesting recipe with Hamburg. Though Hamburg, Chuck Hamburg, four ninety nine a pound, and we've been focusing really on that throughout today's program. Um, we're going to talk about Heartland Shepherd's Pie. Heartland Shepherd's Pie, it's a play on Shepherd's Pie. Does it look like Shepherd's Pie? No. We know it as Colonel Corn, Hamburg, and mashed potatoes. Again, Due to feeding large families on a stretched dollar here in the Woonsocket area, very popular to eat. This is a play on it. Um, and I can tell you when the, uh, probably the only common threads is the fact that it does contain ground beef and potatoes. Um, the Heartland Shepherd's Pie, though, it looks amazing. Have I tried it? No. But it, it, it's, it, it looks like a winner if you're looking for something different. Um, you're going to start with about three-quarter pound of ground beef. or You can buy it up to a pound if you want. Uh, one medium onion chopped. One can of stewed tomatoes. One can of tomato sauce. One can of mixed vegetables. And that usually has a peas, corn, carrot mixture. You can drain those. Uh, you can have, make, you can make, uh, if you want, you can use mashed potatoes. The world of instant mashed potatoes is really accelerated. Me, as a matter of fact, there's a, the few brands that I'm actually using now, I hate. I always hated instant mashed potatoes, but again, they've come so far. There's a baked potato instant mash that I liked. Um, it's got a great taste. I had some last night with leftover ham from Christmas, uh, and you can make it quickly with that. They've come a long way, or you can make your own mashed potatoes, um, and you're gonna want enough for about six servings. Three cloves of garlic minced, and that's optional. It's very easy to make. Preheat your oven to 375, so in a large skillet. You Meanwhile, brown your meat and your onion over medium-high heat. Drain off that grease, but let the onion flavor. Do the onion. I put the onion in the pan first. I get the onion juices flowing. I get them softening. When they're starting to soften, I'll add in that Hamburg. So the Hamburg is sucking in that onion flavor. It's grill. It's, it's searing in that onion flavor. 
Uh, and then you have to make sure, again, to drain the grease. You don't want a greasy Heartland Shepherd's Pie. Uh, after you drain it, add in the tomatoes, the tomato sauce. Cook it over high heat until it's thickened. You're going to stir it frequently. Then you're going to stir in those mixed vegetables as well. Keep stirring it up. Uh, and then salt and pepper it if you desire to do so. Uh, and you're going to spoon that mixture into a two-quart baking dish and set it aside. Meanwhile, you're going to be preparing your six servings of mashed potatoes, whether it's instant or, or, or real. Uh, you're going to do that, uh, whatever you're going to make. Again, about six servings. But uh, first, cook the garlic and the uh, tablespoons of butter. Okay, that's what that butter is for. Uh, you're going to get that garlic nice and... Um, and 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 cooked and the uh, mashed potatoes are prepared. You have your main mix. So you're going to simply top the meat mixture with the potatoes and then stick it back in the oven for about 20 minutes until it's heated throughout. You can garnish with some parsley. About 5 to 10 minutes of prep time, 30 minutes to cook. But a uh, neat variation on shepherd's pie. It's called Heartland Shepherd's Pie. And you remember you heard it here on Recipe for a good day. So many things. We're going to do a variety. Let's do a variation of meatloaf. We're going to go with this. It's called a Southwestern meatloaf. And again, unlike the Hamburg talk we had earlier, over mixing your meat and making it more of a pate for your, your meatloaf is a good thing. So, uh, here you're going to start with uh, your ingredients. Southwestern meatloaf. One uh, envelope of onion soup mix. Two pounds of Chuck Hamburg, again on sale for $4.99 a pound. Two cups of about three ounces of cornflakes or whatever brand flakes cereal you might have. Um, but the big thing is I don't think you want it sugared. Uh, one and a half cups of frozen or dried canned whole kernel corn. One small green bell pepper chopped. Two eggs. A uh, three-quarter cup of water. And a third cup of ketchup, one socket's favorite condiment. Those are your ingredients. Again, you can vary it a little bit. You have your onion soup mix. Um, if you want to do something, you can go with an onion mushroom mix. You can go with the beefy onion soup mix. But you can want some sort of onion soup mix in this. Preheat your oven to 350. Get out a large bowl. Combine all your ingredients in a 13 by 9 baking or roasting pan and then shape it into a loaf. You're going to bake this uncovered for about an hour until it's done. You're going to let it stand about 10 minutes. Again, you want those. You'll notice the greases in the pan, uh, the, the, the moisture in that pan going back into the meatloaf. If you take it right out of there and let it cool outside of it, it's just going to dry right out on you. Um, you want to take that southwestern notch and raise it a bit. Well, you can do so by topping this meatloaf, not with gravy, no, 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 but with salsa. And for a great lunchbox treat, remember, you can wrap leftover meat, loaf slices, whether it's for your working family or your school family. Uh, you can uh, take a meatloaf slice, wrap it in a tortilla, top it with your favorite taco toppings, maybe salsa, sour cream, grated cheese, shredded lettuce, and enjoy this southwestern meatloaf waiting for you if you just pick up the wonderful Chuck Hamburg for four ninety nine a pound. Um we have time. I think I can slip in. Let's talk about zesty Italian stuffed peppers. Talk about an aroma that'll be pleasurable throughout your home. The zesty Italian stuffed peppers. Um, depending on how many you're going to make, we'll just, you know, we'll start with three bell peppers. Remember, when you take those three, you'll have six servings. So keep that in mind. So three good size um, bell peppers. Now, you want to get one of each color. 
you can do so. It doesn't matter if it's green. It doesn't matter if it's red. It doesn't matter if it's yellow. You get one of each, cut them in half, and, you know, let people pick what they want. A pound of ground beef, one jar, about 14 ounces of spaghetti sauce. Uh, you're going to need uh, some of those fr- uh, French fried onions. You know what they are from French's. Uh, you use them on your bean, green bean casserole. You can get some of those as well. One and a third cup of French's fried green onion, uh, fried onions, French fried onions. Uh, two tablespoons of red hot or cayenne pepper sauce. Um, you can use a half cup of uncooked instant rice, a quarter cup of sliced ripe olives, and one cup, four ounces of shredded mozzarella cheese. Preheat your oven to 400 degrees. Cut those bell peppers in half lengthwise through the stems and go ahead and discard any seeds. Then place the pepper halves cut side up in a two-quart shallow baking dish and set it aside. Now you're going to place that beef in a large bowl. Um, you're going to, you're going to, before you mix it, actually before you put it in the bowl, you're going to brown it in a skillet and you're going to drain the grease. Again, browning your hamburg always crucial. So brown your hamburg, drain the grease. Once it's browned, drain it, stir in the spaghetti sauce, the two-thirds cup of French fried onions, um, the, the, the hot sauce, the rice, the olives, and you're going to evenly spoon that mixture into the bell pepper halves. Then you're going to cover it. You're going to bake them for about 35 minutes until the bell peppers are tender. Uncover, sprinkle with cheese the remaining two-third cup of onions. Bake it for a minute until those onions are golden. And in about 10 minutes of time, you're going to prep about a half-hour cooking time. And you're going to feed a nice six servings of these zesty Italian stuffed peppers. Um, again, just scratching the surface of what you can do with Hamburg. We've talked burgers. We've talked dynamites. We gave you variations of shepherd's pie, meatloaf, and stuffed peppers. But they're just variations. And with your kitchen, you can customize it to any way you like. But remember, your creations all start where? At Little General Convenience Stores. When you pick up that Chuck Hamburg on sale this week for four ninety nine a pound. And yes, I know we've said it before, reminding you of those chicken leg quarters. Not only are they great if you're a duck meat fan, but for any chicken soup lovers, this is what you want. And boy, what a weekend to make chicken soup ahead. $0.79. Cents. Get some for this weekend. And at that price, $0.79, cents, get some and freeze it. For future use, you can freeze them for up to three months and still get a good use out of them. Also on sale, maybe you want that grilled cheese with your chicken soup. Lando Lakes freshly sliced American white cheese, five eighty nine a pound, and Little General white bread, two seventy nine a package. In addition to that, uh, maybe a grilled ham and cheese will go good with your chicken soup. Well, you can get that imported ham from Pauline at five eighty nine a pound. Home style chicken breast for six eighty nine a pound, and for steak lovers, for just three dollars a piece, you can get two eight a pound of petite sirloin steak for five ninety nine a pound. Thank you, Lord General, for sponsoring Recipe for a Good Day through two thousand twenty three, and we're proud to have you in two thousand twenty four. Till next week, we say bon appetit.